Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. Uh, and today I am, I mean, I'm joined by a guest, but I am here with none other than returning champ, Ty Black. How you been, Ty? How you doing? Uh, I've been doing pretty good, but I, I think I have uh, some bad news for you, Carlo. Uh, Uh-oh. I know we were all looking forward to uh, the Podside Valentine's Dance. This is the first one we've had in 10 years. But I keep getting Valentine's gifts with Hugo-nominated short stories stuffed inside of them, oh. and I'm and I'm scared if we go forward with the dance, this will only escalate. Well, you know, uh, given that uh, that in the past they've had Raytheon as a sponsor, expect drone strikes at any moment. Uh, <laughs> you know what? In in the spirit of the um, of the film that we're going to be discussing, 1981, uh, 1981's My Bloody Valentine, as well as the remake, the two thousand nine one, which was uh, it's it's such a weird thing to see something that was made originally for three D just on your TV. Yes. Um, <laughs> As as a you know, just basically as a an aside. Um, so yeah, in, in the spirit of these movies, uh, you know, I I do believe that uh, maybe Raytheon, perhaps even Lockheed, Lockheed Martin, uh, will be designing a a a you know, basically the um, you remember the sword drone? Well, this will just be the pickaxe drone. You know, it's just <laughs> full of very sharp pickaxes. <laughs> so in that case, uh, when it, when it's done with the uh, uh, you know slaughtering a, a a Yemeni wedding, you can go uh, open up a mine. Yeah, or sell it as the case, or sell it as the case may be. Um, th- it, that was one one of the weird plot twists in that uh, 2009 remake. Uh, but but you know what? Let let me not get ahead of myself. So. Um, so yeah, this is My Bloody Valentine, the original, uh the OG was uh made in 19 uh, like over the course of 1980, I believe it took several like over the course of a year was produced and filmed. Uh if I'm remembering correctly, it's in Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia, which is actually it, it's a closed mine, right? It's supposed to be like a I wish it was it was already shut down by the time uh the crew arrived and that's and that's part of the reason why they uh they chose it. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh they 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 had meant uh they had another uh mine that they wanted to use and shit, I forgot what the name of it was, but it was like already like a a museum, like it was very touristy and they they're like, mm, "No. I mean, this needs to be a horror movie. It needs to be like out in the like it needs to look like it's out in the middle of nowhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, they finally select it. They uh, they get all their permits, and uh, the the town figures out that they're going to be fi- uh, filming there. And uh, the town ends up spending fifty thousand dollars to <laughs> to tart to tart up the place so it looks nice when they film again. The crew gets out there, and they're just like, oh. This isn't going to work, and so the crew then, then the the uh, producers then spent seventy five thousand dollars to return it back to how it was. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> there were there, little did we know about that uh, the 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 rare MTV offshoot MTV's pimp my mind. <laughs> it was they, a, they, they'd a done it of- in like in glitter paint and just it looked very very tasteful but uh you know ready to go uh it was uh, a canadian politeness uh gone amok <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's sort of funny because um one of the the themes here is precisely the sort of like how the mine 
in is sort of the the work basically it's the workplace of this entire town the main the the, the main one and you know that you know, as with a lot of like type of horror movies and sometimes slash, well, often slasher movies as well, uh, there is an aspect of the, the killer is like almost a, a ghost of the past coming back to, you know, to, to haunt the town, but, you know, with a sharp implement to, you know, kill you. In the in the in the movie, at least eighty one doubles down on that because in the um, you know when you have the the ominous old man giving uh, his ominous story, you know they film the minor uh, Harry Warden almost like he's a gothic monster from mm-hmm. some, something like a in a uh, in a uh, Hammer horror picture, and uh, just to give a uh, some setup uh, here. Uh, for both the 81 and 09, the setup is there's this mining town. Uh, one day, there uh, there's an accident due to negligence, and a bunch of miners get trapped. Harry Warden is the only one who survives, and the experience makes him go nuts, and he goes on a massacre on Valentine's Day, where he is taking his pickaxe and carving hearts out of uh, people's bodies and sending them as Valentine's Day gifts to uh, uh, the the people partying. They're they're not very grateful. I don't know. I don't understand. It's very artisanal, really. It's yeah, it is. He puts very artfully done. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and what do they say? Thank you, Harry. You know, you're really doing well after everything that's everything's been said and done. You know, no, it's all. Yeah, he's gonna kill me. No, you know, no, no gratitude. You know, the least they could have done is like, have you reacquired uh, the taste for non-human meat since you've gotten out of the mine? <laughs> yeah, there is that one little flash of a scene where he's like grabbing like uh, a blood, like a bloody stump of an arm, and just like yeah, chowing down and <laughs> laughing directly at the camera, which is oh, it's such a great it, it, to to your point about uh, the gothic, right? Um, that yeah, you know, I, I hadn't really thought of it until right now, but it, it's very much how I imagine the 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 dude uh, the dude and the rats in the walls looking, yes. you know, just like <laughs> just like chowing down on somebody's you know like long pork shoulder, you know. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, so so yeah, maybe let's go ahead and 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 I'm sorry, uh, you were gonna say. Oh no no no! Go ahead. Hold on. Let me. So so yeah. The the interesting thing about this, I feel, is that um, that yeah, like Harry is almost like the boogeyman um, that the town's trying to hide. And weirdly, I, I I do have to wonder, you know, like what the what the history of the real like real world town was with the mine. It, it almost feels like a weird. Um, like we can't leave it looking like that it'll make us look bad uh which is so funny right because the whole purpose of the of the movie is to make the mine a spooky abandoned place yeah yeah and um uh, uh the director said in the interview that the that was a mine where they had multiple accidents where people got you know methane you know methane gas type explosions where people died and got trapped down there, and uh, you know they they give the the figure you know it's it's the mines two thousand feet uh, down, and that's roughly how deep that actual mine went. Uh, and so yeah, they, he, he, and then and then on top of that, um, you know when they when they go into the mine and you know uh, Harry's chasing them all throughout there, they. It was so hard to film down there that they essentially reproduced the um, <laughs> how it was like to mine. Like it would take t- an hour to get everybody down there. Then they had to go up over the course of two hours in shifts for one hour lunch. 
and then they and then the, they had to use like just incredibly weak lighting in order to keep from there there being a, a methane explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little harrowing. Yes. So so um so let, let's let me let me just I mean this is the 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 story is so straightforward that it's it's almost silly but th- this i do want to give a very brief synopsis right because yeah like like you were saying uh it's it's harry warden is like the the guy and he's you know by the time the movie's uh you know gets going finally into the present day he's he's already sending warnings he's coming back and uh sort of like parallel to that uh the the basically the the teenagers or the generally young people uh, in the town are getting excited because they're going to have like, they're going to have a Valentine day uh, dance in the union hall, uh, which, you know, is, is great, uh, a great detail, but also, you know, they, they like as the, the killer sort of, sends um several like several messages like two or three and that's when the uh messages being in the form of bodies missing hearts and, and he <laughs> and, includes and, a, a, just a, a gloriously creepy little poem to go along with it yeah i i i do think that um the the whitman sampler that he sends is uh is a little much you know <laughs> no one wants their cherry cordial to be actually a heart cordial <laughs> So very, very different textures when you bite into that. The mouthfeel is way off. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So as you know, finally the, you know, at once there's uh, enough, you know, enough of a, a uh, confirmation that there is imminent danger. Uh, the, the police, I believe it's the sheriff decides to shut down the, you know, he, he orders the union hall to be, um, locked up and the dance to be canceled and so as they're you know racing to sort of trail the 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 killer you know who they assume is harry warden coming back um the kids then decide well you know what we're gonna go on with it we're just gonna have a party uh and eventually end up uh partying on the mine grounds like in the offices or whatever, and then later on move into the mines for the um, the the chased by a maniac with a pickaxe portion of this movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is delightful because honestly it's it's very I feel like um, it, it's funny that you say that they they uh, they had lots of trouble with the um, with the filming within the mine itself because it doesn't really like. Uh, Maybe it's the, the the that they were just uh, constrained in different ways, and it had you know they had to come up with different solutions on how to shoot things. But all of that sequence feel does not feel sort of like uh, other slasher like stereotypical slasher flicks. Yeah, it feels like a real place. It like yeah, I, I think that yeah, like you said, um, it, it really cements the the idea that this is an actual mine yeah and uh and uh that they and they really leaned into it since they had you know such limited lighting they were just they, uh, they were just like okay we're gonna have to really rely on our technical prowess in order to be able to pull this off and uh, uh and some of those and they and their use of shadow within there works incredibly well with that. Just a, an icon, a, a guy. I, I'm surprised didn't become a, you know join Michael Myers in the 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 uh, iconic slasher Hall of Fame because he has a great look. You know the the whole black mining suit with the gas mask and the gas mask gives that that uh, heavy breathing and then the 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 big bright light on his helmet. Uh, it, it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. It works beautifully. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it, it, it's going to sound silly because what you're saying is, um, you know, what I'm thinking about as you're you're saying that is that uh, there's a couple of shots where he's backlit, 
And honestly, it's 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 really impressive how easily you can identify him. Like even like even if he's like off in the distance, if there's any type of uh, lighting, you immediately know yeah you know, he's coming. Yes. Like yes. in the movie, yeah. You know, obviously, there's a couple of scenes where they they sort of really ramp up that dramatic irony where you you know he's coming, but someone in the foreground isn't really paying attention or whatever. Um, it, it's great, and and I I you know one of the things that struck me about this is that it doesn't feel like it's in this in, you know incredible hurry to get to the to the killings. Like, like you get an opportunity to sort of feel like, like, obviously there's a killing that happens, but it's sort of almost abstract because you're the, the camera's following these characters around. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just to, you know, we'll go into more in depth in this later on, but just, uh, it's, it's great comparing, uh, 81 to 09 because, you know, 81, there's that kill right there at the beginning. And even then, you know, they said they give you a few seconds to go, oh, what's going on? What's happening here? Oh, this chick is getting naked. Oh, God, that's that's a pickaxe. Doesn't go there. Um, and meanwhile, uh, in 09, it's like the movie starts and just the killing begins. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it opens up with uh, with Harry essentially going on a uh, a uh, Jason uh, esque uh, rampage, killing uh, killing rampage through a hospital. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. feel the tension just start to flow. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, I think that they they're in such a hurry to get get the movie started, um, and and I think we had we had sort of traded some notes before we started about like you know you can like even from the beginning from the from the get go it feels very sort of pair like like they took the original and they said well how can we pare this down to the the minimum we need to get people to come see this movie um and so like from the get-go and that that sounds really harsh but i mean once you see them almost side by side you you notice that the the modern the you know the, the 2009 one is like in such a goddamn hurry to get slap the lens on you know Jensen Ackles and the 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 th- three or four different people that will sort of carry the movie until the the big killings begin you know like the the modern day ones um and what people it, forget there what people forget there is that in the the old school slashers the ones who relied on that build up of tension that made you know the uh the the good ones uh so great was they you you know it might it might be 40 to 50 minutes before you saw a kill because it took that time to really invest with the characters and to to build up that tension to let you you know because you knew what you knew this was about to go sideways you just didn't know how and uh and here uh in 81 what's uh what's really cool is you know since they had such a limited budget they just found a bunch of likable people and threw them in the <laughs> threw them in there and let them be likable and so yeah. you have a uh, you know uh, a bunch of blue collar union workers um being blue collar union workers and it's and it's a and it's a hoop yeah yeah i mean also uh i believe that um uh, the interview we may we may be uh, referencing a couple times uh, is uh, from was it Terra Trap? Um, uh, Terra Trap dot com uh, had an interview with uh, the director, which is uh, uh, George. I, I want to say it's Mihalka. Um, yeah, that, that and looks he, right. And he he talks he he was talking about how um, they they also you know they 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 took their time selecting people who uh you know sort of looked different from each other but looked sort of normal and that had acting potential right uh they they weren't looking for a big name because uh in part once you get a big name into uh like a slasher flick everyone's going to come to see the big name 
not understanding that maybe the big name dies <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, then it ruins it because it's a, it's a casting spoiler as they call it. And you know, that the big name is going to survive, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and, and they wanted to, uh, you know, and, and, at, and at this point in time, uh, you know, uh, 81 and 82, I think were the, the peak of slasher releases, you know, there was still a little uh, bit of wild experimentation going on post Halloween, but uh, specifically here, they wanted to get away from the American suburb and suburbanite kids. And, and thank God for that, because that's how we got the chat of Chad's Hollis, who absolutely rules. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, you know, he's got like a, <laughs> he's got like a, uh, an old timey, uh, like waxed at the ends mustache. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a, he's a large boy, but he, he's also like, like he's the guy that uh that sort of sacrifices himself to make sure that you know people survive uh he he breaks up fights yeah you know, that type of thing uh, uh, one of my favorite movies the uh, moments in the whole movie which touch back on the synopsis there is a there is a love triangle in both of them um but uh during the party uh the the two male participants in the triangle uh start fighting and uh, Hollis just takes one under each arm. It is just, it's, it's magnificent. And that's how he breaks up the fight. It's glorious. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I mean, so, so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about the, the love triangle in part because, uh, at the very least in the, um, the 81 version, uh, it's much more sort of front and center or at, at the very least, I'm, I'm also wondering if it's simply that because we get a chance to sort of uh, get to know some of these uh, characters uh, that it makes more of an impact. Uh, whereas in 09, uh, you know, like just everybody's you, awful. Yeah. Well, well, there's that, uh, but also the fact that, you know, it's, it's a very, um, it's almost as if they took the uh they they mixed together the original uh sped up the the opening so that you get straight to the to the to the action and the gore and uh and a lot of the kills feel very of that moment right like it feels very much like it somebody watched uh final destination to <laughs> take notes and decided you know this is what we need to have in our movie which is based on an older one the uh a collection of every every bad horror tendency of that era because you had the over-the-top kills that were trying to uh you know keep up with uh saw and the uh extreme horror that was big at the time and then you had everybody doing remakes uh pretty much uh it seems like every slasher got remade in the in the in the aughts trying to recapture the the, the success of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and it just none of it really works. <laughs> yeah, that, I I think that that's the the issue is that. Um, oh yeah, on top really, of that, you have the 3D gimmick. How could I forget about that? Yeah, yeah. The the 3D is very strange because you you can you can tell right away uh, when you have a lot of. Um, sort of straight on at the camera shots where, you know, like I think the first uh, inkling I, I, cause I was like, wait, was this 3d? And then like that pops up and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was 3d is uh, it like that first kill. And it's like basically uh, on the tip of the, like basically the camera's looking straight on at this guy's face and on the tip of the, the uh, pickaxe comes out through his eye socket. And there's like an eye at the end of the pickaxe. And you're like, okay, okay. You've announced your 3d. Okay. I got and, it. And uh, what's really frustrating about that is uh, eight, the 81 version was heavily censored because of how good the special effects kills were. Mm. Um, and, so it had nine minutes removed. Lionsgate on their re-release and on um, and in the subsequent uh, Shout Factory and Steelbook re-releases added three minutes back, 
And uh, I watched that last night, and that's actually ripping off a kill from the first one. Hmm. And the first one looks so much better. You know, because they, they did everything, all the special effects were done in camera. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, they were like, okay, we got one shot at this, let's go. <laughs> and, um, right. And they look, and it still looks fantastic, and it hits with so much more impact uh, than the uh, stupid eyeball flying at your screen where it just becomes distracting because we're not doing a 3D thing anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, also, you know what? I, I'm I'm suddenly realizing something that should have tipped me off right away, right? About what the what the studio thought of the original, right? And and it it feels like very much like 3D is a gimmick. The movie, the original doesn't need a gimmick. Uh, honestly, it, it doesn't. It, it takes its time. It's very confident in, in how it's making, you know, crafting this story. And here it feels like they're, they're trying to, uh, on the one hand, you know, take this older property and suddenly, oh, well, see, it's got this new thing, you know, but also the, it, it also feels like, um, three, you know, like studios, we're trying to make 3D happen, but here it feels like they're almost trying to ridicule the original, like the premise of the original a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just feels so weird to me, like making it a 3D movie. Why? Why, why do we need this? It, 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 you know, it's, it's definitely a movie where you can... If you turn on the commentary track, I'm pretty sure you would just hear the studio notes coming in on <laughs> on, on on what the the they wanted changed. Uh, because when when O one departs or not O one O nine departs from uh, you know uh, from the template and does its own thing, it starts being fun. It starts being interesting. <laughs> And yet everything they they recreate from the original is just so half-hearted and and just incredibly lame. Like they recreate like one of the best it, it is straight up one of the best kills in any slasher film, I think. But uh in the original, there's this woman who older woman who Harry kills and he puts her in the dryer. And leaves her in there all night. And so then the sheriff comes, pops open, the body falls out. And uh, in the in the uh, uncensored version, it looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, and it still hits with a little bit of power, even in the censored version. And it is just so incredibly half-hearted in the remake that it's just... It was one of those things where it's like, why even put it in there if you're not going to try? If you're not well, going to build it, on that? So, so, and and even like they're trying to recreate it, but also even the the sort of like the internal logic of why this is being recreated isn't followed, right? Because, like for instance, to be clear, this is a a sort of like laundromat with industrial dryers, like those big ass ones that have like huge drums, right? And they can get like super hot, right? Oh yeah. Um. So so especially you know, in nineteen eighty one. Yes. Um. And so it it yeah you, know, you 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 look at that and you go well okay yeah that that makes sense you know it it lends a little plausibility to the to the kill right or, or the 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 goriness of it uh, and it gets you thinking about like oof could you imagine like he opens the door and just that steam it like steamed meat smell just comes wafting out uh, yeah just gross. And in the 2009 one, because, and this is where I, I, I keep on going back because this feels like it, it's, it's smaller in almost every way, right? It's whittled down. Um, like, uh, what is it? The, the 81 uh, version has like it, like I want to say, like at the very least, like six different teenagers that are sort of, uh, six, 
pairs of teenagers, I should say, uh, that are sort of like involved in the dance, plus, you know, all the extras in the background and stuff like that, plus the, you know, four, four to six different, um, sort of like cop and cop adjacent characters, uh, sort of all in there. And basically the Oh nine one main cast is Jason Eccles and, uh, uh Forgive me, I, I don't remember the names of the uh, the <laughs> the other actors, but it's like four different actors, and that's it. And then uh, Tom Atkins for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, well because you gotta have it's so weird that like you can't have the well you, you know what it is uh, they had to have basically uh, a a a cop or cop adjacent character that was not. Um, that you you as an audience member would never suspect because he's you know in part because of the 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 actor himself uh who's always sort of played like these uh you know Tom Atkins has always played sort of like hard asses and you know but but generally on the straight and narrow type of characters you know he, he's done he's done it enough at least that um that you know, you you don't suspect him plus he's retired and uh, they 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 sort of then smash together the love triangle with also who is actually because in, in this one uh they're positive that Harry Warden's dead uh they buried him himself it's it's like they smash together also it's like they smash together like three different uh you know iconic uh sort of slasher flicks right because they have like the vigilante justice of uh nightmare on elm street <laughs> with you know uh adjacent uh adjacent adjacent well say that five times fast um uh slasher you know and and you know like just and, and also some of the weird paranoia that uh halloween had right um Exactly. And, and and if I remember correctly, the 09 doesn't even have those deliciously creepy uh, rhymes to go along with uh, the hearts and boxes, which just takes, you know, takes some takes away some of the eeriness, takes away some of the surreality of it. The, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's they it's a that's a, a layer of uh, flavor that adds that little something to the movie and they just keep stripping it away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, and, and both of them follow the same basic, you know, like the, the even the 09 follows the same basic shape, but it is also like, it's so stripped down and, and made on the cheap. Like it, it it's funny to, to say that this is made on the cheap when it probably has a be- better budget, right? I think. Uh, let me see. 20, 20 million, I believe. Four, 14 million is what uh, what I'm seeing here. And uh, weirdly, it made 100 million. I don't understand how. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what? I understand how. Uh, people just never, maybe never saw the first one. And you, you got to go. Sometimes you're at the Cineplex and you got to pick, you got to pick a movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, uh. uh, yeah, so so it's weird because um, in in nineteen eighty one dollars, uh, he you know they they had a two point three million budget and made five point seven back, but I guess the the it's cult classic uh, sort of uh, category really helped it. I guess them decide to make a, a remake. It, it, I think uh, well with uh, you had Platinum Dunes. Remaking Texas Chainsaw Massacre to everyone's acclaim but mine, and then um, I'm sorry, I I I've, I've despise that movie so much. I'm sorry, but um, then you had um, uh, I want to say Castle Rock remake Ghost Ship, um, Thirteen Ghosts, and House of Wax, and House of Wax with Paris Hilton is the best of that lot. Uh, I, I I love that movie. It's fantastic. It's atmospheric. It's uh, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, and and then toward the end, they're just all you know. It's basically just studios just saying, "Well, what do we got? What can we remake?" And so Prom Night gets remake, uh, which one of the most. Bo- it was a movie so boring. I forgot it was on while I was watching it. Um, 
<laughs> Black Christmas got rema- uh, remade to disastrous, disastrous results. They completely missed the uh, 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 the point of the original. And you had a bu- and then Jason and Freddy, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, both got remade. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jason one is is pretty clever, pretty clever. Not really a Jason film, but it's pretty clever. It's not bad. While the uh, <laughs> while the Nightmare on Elm Street had a Freddy who um, actually hated. Uh, actually hated the original franchise <laughs> and thought it was dumb as hell. Um, and so, and so it, it's like somebody realized at Lionsgate realized they owned my, my bloody Valentine and they're like, okay, fine, let's run with this. Maybe we'll make <laughs> some money. So uh, Ty brief aside, just sidebar here. What is your opinion of uh, Jason versus Freddie? Not a bad film. I like it a lot. No. I, I I remember enjoying it a lot. I, you know what? We we may we may want to check it out. It's a lot of dumb fun. It it, it yes, really it is. is fun. <laughs> uh, that director knew the assignment, and uh, dear God, he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, it was really funny to to sort of. I I saw it in theaters way back when. I haven't revisited in a long time, but but I remember sort of being walking out going like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> better better than i than it ever had any right to be uh anyway back to uh my bloody valentines uh so so yeah um one of the one of the interesting aspects um in this is you know the first one is essentially uh how uh how the union saved valentine's day and uh the second one could be called, uh, you know, the horrors of right to work because one of the one of the changes they made um, that I think was a good change was they made TJ uh, Jensen Eccles um, uh, Dean from uh, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. They made him the owner of the mine, and he was wanting to sell it, and everybody hates him because selling it will kill the town, and. Um, <laughs> and uh if i can go into brief spoilers mm-hmm. i think it was absolutely the right choice for the twist to be that he's harry he was the one dressed up as harry warden because it adds it adds that little bit of uh of a uh, commentary i guess that keeps it from being complete and total garbage of being like Yes, the owner, the the uh, the capitalist owner of this ta- uh, holding this town hostage is the fucking problem. They're the one killing people off. Interesting. I I I, I see where you're coming from. It just for me, it. it <laughs> I think I think <laughs> the not issue that much is thought that- was put into it by the screenwriter. <laughs> Well, I mean, so so I feel like it's not really like it, it felt like it it also the way you get there, right? Uh in the story feels very much like a lazy uh very lazy writing because you you get these shots of um you know Jensen Ackles, you know, taking these pills every so often, right? And and like right off the bat like uh, this is like him four years into his supernatural run. He's looking great. You know, he's very young. So it's not heart medication, probably. You know, like obviously in a movie that's a horror movie about a slasher, like all mo- like I think we, we'd mentioned this in, in, in Black Valentine, uh, in Black Valentine, uh, Black Christmas is that, uh, you know, the, the, the slasher subgenre in horror sort of, all takes its cues from, you know, like the urban legends about the escaped mania, like the escaped maniac from a you know sanatorium or whatever, um, basically. And so the minute you show me him taking pills, you're like, okay, so it, it, they're trying to be clever here because they don't really ever show it. They don't mention it. Um, and it's, it's well done. So it's like background stuff. Uh, I don't feel like it, it, it's trying to poke you to be like, eh, eh, uh, but it's enough. 
And so th- right then and there, I was like, oh, so he's crazy. Yeah. He, he, he is, you know, certify, certifiable. Um, and so right then and there, I was like, mm, I don't know how, how I feel about this. And later on when it, it sort of, you know, spoiler again, here it's, it's basically, uh, he has, uh, like taken into him, been possessed by, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of a, left in the air but in general it's like yeah he's disassociating and, and becoming harry warden and i don't know the the way you get to that commentary i felt was much more direct in in the original because harry warden like before he gets committed basically goes on a killing spree and kills the bosses of the mine yes yes and uh um and I, and I love that it places the blame for unsafe conditions right at management's doorstep right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's I, I, you know, I feel like the 09 version is very much like, you know, at least you tried. Uh, <laughs> Like honestly, Ty, like the 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 death knell of that movie was me watching the original <laughs> first. Yeah, like, I, and that's kind of how it. That's uh, uh, kind of how it happened for me too, because I watched uh, my bloody Valentine for the first time like ten years ago. Then five years later, you know, bored one night, uh, turned on the remake. I was like, oh, this is pretty all right, not bad, and then. Going into you know, and preparing for this episode, I was just like, uh, yeah, that, that'd be a good pairing. Let me try it. And then I watched the original, then watched the remake. Took a week, <laughs> took a week to get through the remake. <laughs> and, and generally, I try to watch movies twice before I talk about them. And I could not get through the remake in the second time. I just, it, it's like also, the, the only, the like, the, the only really fun bit is the the hourly rate hotel <laughs> uh, and just because that gets that gets really goofy and over the top uh and and and, and when and for that section the movie is just extremely fun and then we go right back to the love triangle and it's like oh my god please <laughs> well i think i think to your point you're not wrong because that that uh that whole motel um I think what is memorable about it is the fact that apart from the actual, you know, scene itself, it, it, it works to really give you and ground you in this area of town is sort of like really seedy. Like this is a, like a, a sleazy part of the town that you haven't seen before. And then when, once you go back, it's almost like you're watching like a generic TV show about a small town. You know, and it doesn't really have the impact. So, you know, like to be fair, you know, like the, the original has that small town feel to it, but I think it's communicated much better. Um, you know, like following the, 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 you know, the teenagers around and following the people around, right. And letting them sort of act a little bit and show them what their struggles are. And then you throw us, throw a pickaxe wielding, uh, weirdo into the mix who loves killing people and leaving, you know, little Valentine rhymes around. Um, so, Oh, the, it's weird because here it's um, in, in the, in the original it's, it was the, uh, the, the rival, right? The Rob was the, the guy that was trying to be, um, uh, let's see in the original, it was Axel. Who was the blonde-haired guy in love with Sarah, and uh, yeah. TJ, the owner's son? Uh, you know, and uh, you know, just to call back to what you were just saying about characterization, it's like, yeah, he's the owner's son. Okay, it's like, all right, right there, we got, we got a nepotism case. So there's some characterization. The owner is the mayor of the town, and it's like, okay, now we now we're getting a clearer picture of of uh, how this works, and it's like. Yeah, that, that's exactly what would happen in a small town like this. And you have such great characterization with, you know, just minimum effort. 
Yeah. Uh, and and so in this one, uh, Axel is one of the sons of the manager of one of the uh, the managers that got killed. And um, through 1970s, 1980s uh, understanding of trauma uh, became hairy when TJ came back and uh, was threatening his love life. Mm. Yeah. And, and here, like in, in the 09 version, it, it's it stays very like I, it's weird because I, it, it almost um, feels like. It feels like you're, you're <laughs> you you have a, a locked door mystery and there's three people, you know, <laughs> and one of them's the detective, you know, <laughs> and the other one's the corpse. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I I'm joking, but honestly, the the fact that the the cast is so small really, I feel like it really um, hurts tell, it. Yeah, it sort of telegraphs, you know, there, there can only be so many, you know, so many options for it to be the killer. And you're like, well, you know, you, you knew who it would come down to, uh, the, the, the last two who would be come down to. And, you know, at that point, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, it's it's very possible. I thought that they were going to do, uh, a, they were going to work against the cliche, but they leaned into it, right? And so the the crazy guy actually is the 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 guy that was the that killed everybody. And you're like, dude, yeah. Well, again, this is 2009, but like, which is, I, I feel like well, the, might as well, you know, internet years that might as well be the fall of the Roman Empire. Well, I mean, I I feel like it's it's a weird. Um, it, it's very strange to see uh, pre nine eleven movies in comparison to after nine eleven, and how, for instance, um, like like you said, the eighty one version. You know, the the cops are at the best sort of incompetent, uh, and they they don't solve the mystery before the big massacre happens. Right? Exactly. Here, the you know right off the bat because one of the main characters ends up being the sheriff, if I'm not mistaken, the youngest sheriff in the town, um, and it's it's such a weird thing to feel that like like nowadays looking at that and go and and from my point of view now to go like well. You know, if he was the sheriff and that was the owner of the mine, he wouldn't be really under suspicion for much of anything until the very last part of the movie. Um, mainly because, you know, the cop would be like, oh, yeah, he's he's sort of like the guy that's going to keep us keep all all of you, uh, <laughs> you know, with a job. Uh, yeah, there, there wouldn't be so much, um, I feel like antagonism between, you know, like the police and an owner of a mine. Yeah. And, and, and this is where, uh, and then you, it, in another way where it tries to have it both ways is, um, Sarah is played by Jamie King is, you know, works at a grocery store she's the manager there mm -hmm. um and uh you know they're trying to do this you know on her husband axel is a cop uh the sheriff and they're trying to do this you know small town blue collar thing and then they have a maid working at their house in their mm. mansion and it's just like what the oh, fuck? well <laughs> let, let's let's be let let's point out now that you mentioned that i you reminded me of something that um that i i wanted to say when you were talking about the first kill in the in the original uh where it's like an an elderly lady who runs who's basically in charge of that little laundromat here um because it it's moved it's become very much more sort of um uh, sort of, it's weird. It, it, it sort of let the suburbs back in. Yeah, it <laughs> uh, did. And so, and so, um, so yeah, the 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 dryer scene happens inside uh Sarah's house to her maid, who is like some poor Latinx or indigenous uh, lady, uh, who's taking care of her kid, and it's like, man, that's what? what? Yeah, yeah, it's just, oh. What, what 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 did uh, like uh, don't get me wrong it, it just doesn't it 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for um for the for the uh, pickaxe killer to just sort of uh kill anyone like i think that that's the whole point of the original is that he he's very um like initially meticulous with who he decides to kill um but like second like people that really aren't part of like the mission i guess maybe the, maybe he had some mission creep himself i don't know <laughs> Uh, but that, that that would be a uh, uh, you know uh, you know what you were saying that that'd be a great uh, ta- uh, uh, tagline for each one uh, you know bloody uh, my bloody uh, Valentine uh, uh, one fuck the suburbs and then uh, my bloody Valentine uh, remake uh, here come the suburbs yeah, yeah it's a- <laughs> suburbs welcome <laughs> and, um, uh. Uh, yeah, and and what's what's um, you know, talking about the uh, the the confused characters. I mean, good lord, we haven't even talked about how uh, the sheriff is having an affair with his wife's employee, and she knows about it. Um, which, I, yeah, you know, in, in a small town like mine, the rumors would be incessant. Mm-hmm. The uh, you could not get away from that. It would be a constant source of of uh, shame and embarrassment. And here it's just like, oh yeah, she knew. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, it, it it feels a bit more. I don't know. It feels a bit more urban. If I, <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't want to be too like stereotypical, but like it it does feel very much like the type of lines. Like oh, I knew all about it. Yeah, you know, blah blah. Feels like a, a like almost a zinger line that you you would have heard like in a Melrose Place, you know, type of TV show or something. You know, yeah, it, it's it was, you can almost see the writer being like, uh, "We got to have something here." Um, yeah, she knows about it. Whatever, we aren't going to re- reference this again. Well, I mean, <laughs> to to her credit, so to her credit, she knows about it. But even so, when uh, you know when. Senor Pickaxe shows up in the um, grocery store. You know, she makes sure that she tries to help her. You know, they indeed, indeed. Like, like she's even though, like she, she understands that. You know, maybe there's. You know, you don't need to kill. <laughs> you don't be dead to, to you know face accountability. <laughs> And uh, and that supermarket sequence, you know, once again, is an, is another place where the the remake uh, goes off script from the original template, and it's a pretty good scene. It's pretty all right. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that the um, yeah, like like it has a nice uh, flow to it. Uh, I think that's the that's the thing. It 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 is sort of like a smaller space, and it you can only make so many shots right so you you go for the ones that have bang to them because you know like i i do like i I did like the detail for instance that you know she grabs like a (laughs) like a frozen leg of uh lamb or some shit like that (laughs) i I was like is that a door is that a roll doll uh reference uh just very fleeting uh and like just bashes him with it uh to to get away it's it's rather good yeah Uh, um uh, and to you know, go back to where you're saying about we have a locked room mystery with three characters. Um, this, you know, while in the original you have six couples, what's uh, what's beautiful about that original is uh, each of those couples is so distinct mm-hmm. in, yeah. in personality, and uh, it, it's uh, in the uh, personality and appearance, and and kind of how they act. That you know you can you can differentiate differentiate them into uh, you know different categories and you remember who they are even though like me on my third viewing of it and I'm just now learning what everybody's name is mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> outside of uh, TJ and Axel and Sarah and even you know um, and what what shouldn't be that memorable of a scene where um, Sarah and Hollis's girlfriend are walking to the grocery store where they work, or the, I guess it's a grocery store where they work. And they're just talking about Sarah's love life. It's much more Mm -hmm. vibrant and much more interesting. And while 
it wouldn't pack, pass the Bechdel test. It is uh, reveals a lot about their character and and who they are and and draws the viewer closer to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, what is it Hollis and and is it Patty? Yeah, Patty. Uh, they they they're you know they're really um, honestly they they stand out. Uh, I I think I I would have probably cast patty in the <laughs> in the lead role uh but i think she's she's better but you know uh they, they needed a blonde a blonde lady uh <laughs> to, to be the final girl uh spoilers i guess uh in any case you know like like uh, yeah i i i really think also oh oh here's the the thing that i i'd been thinking about so because the original takes its time and you get to know these characters and you, you own, you not only get to know the characters, but you, you get this very, um, like, like you said, you get this sense of a small, perhaps not the, not the biggest or the flashiest, but a very vibrant community. Right. Um, and it feels very much, uh, it's so different in, in the 09 version where it's a lot more individualistic. And, and again, I, I think part of that is very, um, very connected to the fact that they had to pare everything down. There's, there's, you know, only so many characters that can be, you know, sort of like the main ones that drive the plot along and so on and so forth. And so then you, you, once you have that, it does end up feeling very sparse and a lot of it has to do with oh well you know jensen eccles's character is just you know he just left her and it's his fault when i i get the feeling that the 81 is much more sort of like a much more complicated version where where it, it gives you glimpses of a systemic issue but obviously also makes it very sort of feel intimate uh, to these people that are, you know, suddenly, you know, being being attacked. Uh, exactly, and I and I love just the, you know, the you know, in the love triangle bits, you know, they're not too long. They don't overstay their welcome. They're they hit just right. And you know, when uh, when TJ and Sarah are by the cliffs, you know, he reveals that you know, uh, I had to get out of this town. So we see that you know that that. Close off atmosphere is pressing in on him. He goes to the big city and falls flat on his face. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, we're, we're, and so the the owner's son is in typical fashion a fail son, which is just a beautiful <laughs> thing to do. Just to and it, and it, you know it stirs up sympathy for him because you know he's he's really well in the in the actor playing him looks like a young Rufus Sewell. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had to look him look look up the the name just to be sure. I was like. Wait, <laughs> this guy looks very much like Rufus Sewell, <laughs> and and so it's like just those, just uh, just that little effort, and, and um, you know that that those little bits just add up to so much, and like the and the bit where, um, uh, because we have to talk about the big set piece in the mine, um, you know the the scene of the party, Hollis, uh, it's like well we we need to cheer Sarah up, let's let's just all go to the mine. And uh, have a look down there. And so, and there's just this little bit where it shows Hollis, you know, fooling around with mining equipment and, you know, selecting a certain battery, selecting a certain light. Uh, and even when he's like flipping the uh, the switch to make the train, the, the, uh, the, the mine carts go, it's like he, he kind of hits it. It's like, and, and that gives it that much more lived in feel to where it's like whenever um in 09 whenever they're in the mining stuff it just looks like actors fooling around with mining props <laughs> yeah yeah it, it yeah it does um yeah so i guess maybe um let's uh perhaps give start wrapping it up give some last thoughts or something all right um so uh, a couple of stray thoughts um right at the beginning of the 09 the teen the teenagers are partying um at the uh the mine tunnel where the disaster happened 
And so all the teenagers looked age appropriate until Jensen Eccles and um, <laughs> Sarah, uh, Jamie King shows up who were both in their early thirties when this was filmed. And so you have a bunch of 30 year olds partying with teenagers. Oh, no wonder I, I was thinking of Melrose Place in Beverly Hills 902. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those things where it's like, you could have just, it's like, well, we, we got some star power here. We have to use it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then um, the, the uh, each little subsection of the mine segment of the that that fills the last third is just so damn good like they use just every little you know the fact that there's like a 60 foot water uh watering hole right there um they use that they use you know the the the, the harry disables the elevator where we got to climb up and it's genuinely harrowing uh, and especially in the uncensored version um and let's see here. Last thought on 81, 81. Ah, it slipped my mind. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, so if you're doing a uh, a Valentine's double feature, you can't do better than uh, My Bloody Valentine. 81. And if you're a glutton for punishment, then do 09. Yeah, I mean, so... I, I I don't want to, I don't want to like really uh, say that the the O nine isn't like painful to watch, um, or, or anything like that. It, it it doesn't really. It just sort of like if you were to watch the eighty one and then go to the O nine, you'd probably have the same <laughs> the same reaction we have, which is you know you you go well okay this is you know, this is fine I guess but. So, so what you're saying is watch 09 first, then go to 81. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, you, you should probably watch 09 first if you're, if you're really dead set on getting that double feature of past and present. Uh, you know, go with the 09 one first because at the very least, uh, you won't really notice its failings, uh, as, as starkly as, <laughs> As if you were to watch the 81 first. Oh, and um, if I could make a recommendation to the to the listeners. Sure. Um, get uh, get either the Arrow or Steelbook release of, of 81. Because that has a whole second disc um, with the uh, the three three minutes added in. And those three minutes essentially covers uh, is the stuff that they were forced to cut from um, the kills. And if if those kills had remained in, I think the movie would have been a much more a bigger success. And uh, that special effects guy would have gone on to had a career like Tom Savini because later on in '81, The Prowler came out, which is a a boring movie except for the stuff Tom Savini was doing. And that of course launched his career and, uh, all the special effects here were done in camera. They were done, you know, just one take and they look phenomenal. You know, I've, I've seen a, a, a hell of a lot of slashers and it, it was dropping my jaw. It was stuff I could not believe they were pulling off and it, and it holds up so damn well. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, if, if you, if you're pressed for time, I mean, at the very least, both of them are, are rather, you know, rather short. They're not there. One is, uh, an hour 40, like the 2009 one is only an hour 40. I believe the original is like an hour and a half. And yeah. Like 90 minutes one, on the nose. Yeah. Um, so, so at the very least that they didn't, you know, the, the remake doesn't necessarily uh, take a lot of time, you know, but uh, if, if you're pressed for time, however, just watch the original. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's worth a watch and it, it does give us a glimpse into sort of what 
the time period felt like, and it has some social commentary, uh, which, you know, I mean, I think you, you would agree, Ty, uh, social commentary in a horror flick. I mean, honestly, it, it's like, if you don't have it in there, it just feels odd. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, um, uh, particularly when it comes to slasher, because Halloween, you know, the, the, the codifier or hell, Hall- Halloween was a howl of rage against the suburbs. Um, black Christmas, um, you know, had a lot of social commentary in there and Texas chainsaw too. And so it's like, it's born and bred into the horror genre and to and in slasher film in particular. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, Ty, thanks for, for basically, uh, you know, coming on again. Uh, also thanks for the recommendations. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I, like I said at the beginning, you know, slasher flicks is a, is a big gap in part because, uh, I guess I, I never really got into them except the, the weird outliers and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like, you know, like, uh, nightmare before, uh, nightmare before Christmas, I was going to say nightmare on Elm street, I should say, uh, you know, felt very different than say a Friday the 13th or whatever. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and was more interesting. So that was one that, you know, that didn't, I didn't miss, but anyway, uh, before I carry on for a little bit longer than that, uh, I'm going to thank you again for, for coming on Ty. And thanks for having me. Yeah. And to everyone out there, uh, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time here on Podside.